With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Music, that beat, that bass dropped in, which means it's time to start. Jeff says begin, but Jeff's not here. Welcome to DLC, everybody. My name is Christian Spicer. It is an honor to have you here. Jeff is out this week. He is recovering from, it feels weird to say minor throat surgery because like throat and surgery seems scary to me, but minor throat surgery. He is doing well. We've been texting. He's been tweeting. He's so excited that Jason Sudeikis won a Golden Globe for Lasso, I'm sure. He's trying his best not to scream, but he's trying to scream. But he is under vocal rest this week. But fear not, we have a fantastic show. Lots of news. <laughs> Lots of news that I know Jeff wants to talk about, but he can't. Lots of news and a fantastic guests. Yes, two guests are joining me this week to help me walk through all of the news that's going on in gaming, all of the games we are playing. Welcoming back to the show. Saying godfather of podcasting implies that like he's very old or something like that. But I mean it in like godfather part two, godfather (laughs) of podcasting, you know, like the guy, the man, the myth, the legend. If you haven't listened to uh, his episode interview with Reggie, you've probably read highlights about it because it was everywhere and absolutely an incredible episode. That's right. From Gamertag Radio, who recently celebrated their 16th birthday yes 16 16 danny pena's back with us welcome danny congrats on the birthday ah thanks thanks i still can't believe i'm I'm doing this 16 years later you know but uh yeah i'm I'm having fun with this podcasting thing man you don't look a day over five uh you still (laughs) still have the enthusiasm for it (laughs) yeah joining us for the first time I'm so glad we were finally able to get him on the show. You see him all over kind of funny, doing great things, helping us kick off this month of March. Welcome to the show. Blessing Adieyo. Adieyo. I had it. Adieyo. Blessing Adieyo Jr. Thank you for being here. I'm sorry I stumbled through that, my friend. It's so great to have you on the show. It's awesome because right before the show, you said it perfectly. You're like, oh, is it Adioye? And you're like, and I was like, yes, that is perfect. You got it on your first try. And then you, you just tripped up, man. It happens. I got, I got confident. I got comfortable. I got relaxed. You got too I botched it. Well, this is good, though, because Jeff's listening right now, and he's just, like, really upset with me. So I feel like I did my job as the... <laughs> filling in on the main hosting duties i mean if, i mean if it helps you if it makes you feel better most people botch it like it is not it, like i go i go in expecting people not to get it because it is it, it is a very nigerian name right and if you're not familiar with how nigerian the, how like the yoruba language specifically works out you, you look at it first glance and you're like how in the world do i pronounce this one um but yeah it's very much like each each 
syllable is very much like its own thing. So it's a day o yay. I it, it, there you go. You are you have to learn. Kind... You have to learn something about Nigeria today. Everybody. Oh, I appreciate it. You are you are kind, and I do honestly feel bad. Um, just because everybody gets it wrong does not mean I wanted to. I practiced. I was ready, and I suck. Uh, <laughs> there's no other way to put it. But thank you for being here. Uh, like I said, there is a lot of news going on this week, so we're going to start the show the way we always do with our story of the week. And there's no bumper. There's no music happening right now. Uh, I could sing it. I could be like, it's a story of the week. It's a story of the week. But that's not the bumper. The show's going to feel different this week, everybody. It's going to feel different. I'm going to be sweaty and nervous. And we're going to have a good time. Uh, Danny, as (laughs) our returning guest, though, my friend, I will give you the honor of picking our first story of the week for this week. What, uh, What tickles your fancy? Ah, let's talk about uh, E3 2021, the live the live event canceled, and this was not announced by the ESA. This was, uh, I think, it was the documents from uh, the city of LA. Uh, that's how people found out about it and everything. But um, so I, I know in the beginning of the show you mentioned that I interviewed Reggie, and one of the questions that I asked him because there was a leak that came out a couple weeks ago about the digital version of E3, and I asked him, hey, his thoughts about. Um, the ESA going to that route and companies now doing more digitally, uh, digital events um, and so on. And he said the stuff that he read about E3 for this year, he was not impressed at all. And that's the part where everybody picked up the news and everybody was talking about that. Um, when, when Reggie was, I think Reggie also talked about it during, again, during the Twitter spaces with Jeff Keighley that happened a couple of days ago too. And he said the same thing, you know, but one of the things he was saying that companies need to figure out, even them too, instead of having an, an event only in LA, why not make it in a way that's worldwide? So, for example, have a digital event and have demos available uh, online, like in different um, consoles, right? So, let's say Xbox Live, PlayStation will have their own uh, event. You could go online when they say, okay, the this demo is available now for everybody to check out, right? So have like an event like that. I think that will be cool because now everybody's involved. It's not only the people that are here in LA. They're going to see that, you know? So, and I totally agree with him. I, I think uh, times have been changing. And especially last year, ever since we've been in quarantine, a lot of companies been doing, um, been having the uh, virtual events. And it's been changing. I think it's been working out for a lot of companies. Um, and they're still doing it this year again. They don't need to go back to either PAX or, or E3. They could just do everything digital. You know, Nintendo was the first company to start doing that years ago in Nintendo Direct, and everybody was calling them crazy for doing that. And look, you know, PlayStation is not going back at all. You know, and then uh, I think the past two years or so, Xbox been doing um, their own events at the Microsoft Theater instead of having their their booth at the LA Convention Center. So, yeah, things things are changing, man, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. Like you mentioned, there has not been an official word from the ESA yet. I'm sure that's something that they would like to bury. It's not a big press. Like, attention, everyone. Mm-hmm. We're not doing it. Um, they have announced kind of their digital plans, which are questionable right now, it seems like, um, with how mm-hmm. much interest they're getting. But yeah, from the city of LA, it looks like through permitting and use of the convention center, I guess it's not really a surprise um, with COVID still being what it is, um, the live event being canceled for this summer. Um, And also, Danny, you did a great job just like 
adopting LA there. You were like here in LA. I feel like you've lived here your whole life. You've made it your home. <laughs> you did. You did wonderful. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, thank you. <laughs> Blessing. Yeah. I'm curious. Um, as we're recording this Sunday, this will be out Monday, March 1st, but as we're recording it right now, it's still kind of would have been PAX weekend. It's PAX East yeah. weekend right now. And I'm curious uh, how you feel about this of no live E3 this year and, and maybe taking it further as Danny was talking about, do these big live events come back at all? I think we see some of them come back. I think it depends on what the purpose is for the live event. Something like E3, I think, is more questionable because E3 is all about uh, getting the press in to play games, make game announcements, coverage, all that stuff. Whereas something like PAX is more community focused. And so PAX, I love PAX West. PAX West I've been going to very regularly, uh, except last year there was no PAX West, sadly. Um, <laughs> I guess it was technically PAX Online, but that just didn't hit the same. PAX is awesome because it is very community focused. It is very much about, hey, let's get a bunch of fans in to try out uh, new games. It's going to be a, a big focus on indie games. You're going to have the indie mega, mega booth. You are going to be able to come through and play the new and exciting stuff that uh, they wouldn't have access to otherwise. E3 is an entirely different thing where it is very much a, hey, let's get the big let's get the big dogs out. Let's have Microsoft come out, announce games. Let's have press get their hands on. Let's have them do write-ups and all this stuff. And for the news that E3 isn't going to be at the LA Convention Center this year to come from the LA Convention Center, uh, that feels kind of messy from the standpoint of the ESA. <laughs> that is something that you'd want to get on top of. Because if I was the ESA and I was doing this rollout for E3 this year, in a time that feels very uncertain for E3, especially over the course, especially over the last year where we didn't get E3 last year, if I was the ESA, I'd be like, okay, how do we message this in a way that gets people excited and gets people uh, hype for what this year has has in store for E3 because you know you mentioned that like we know we know a little bit about their digital plans and all that stuff but that's not something that they've come out and actually really revealed to us that's something that we've gotten from reports of people talking to uh, to outlets and people uh, reporting on that stuff that the ESA hasn't necessarily spoken out about themselves and that feels like such an interesting thing and maybe maybe by the time this actual po- this podcast actually releases to the public maybe we'll have that information because i was the essay i'd be like we gotta jump on this as soon as possible monday morning someone's on the button like go 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 yeah i would not be surprised if monday morning we get a press release or something from the esa being like this is what e3 looks like this year you know it's going to be digital we're going to have x y and z company here they're going to be announcements they're going to be all these things because you want to be able to control that message and right now they're not doing that which is kind of worrisome for me and from the reports that we've gotten before it sounds like the digital plans aren't as amazing as you maybe want them to be um the bit there was a big piece of news a few weeks ago about how if you're a big company if you're a nintendo or a ubisoft or an ea and you want to participate in this upcoming e3 you are still going to have to pay six uh, uh six figures right to be able to participate and have a spot and that sounds in that's that, that sounds mad for uh if you're not buying a space Nintendo can do Nintendo Directs, and I'm sure that's a little bit of what Reggie was probably getting at because Reggie comes from Nintendo. If I was Reggie, I'd probably be saying the same thing of, why do we three when we can do that stuff ourselves? When we can go directly to the audience with a digital event? When you have Ubisoft, who who uh, was doing the Ubisoft forwards last year, right? Like Companies have found their own ways to do this, and that is leaving less of uh a need for an e3 especially when you can do things like have demos via streaming you know partner up with stadia or partner with parsec or do whatever you need to do to have press play your game directly um or if you're playstation or if you're xbox 
do your own digital festival on your consoles where people can access a bunch of demos, you know, for free uh, and be able to play them during that one week or however you, however you want to do that. There are so many other options for companies in order to do this, that this whole, this whole E3 business is starting to become like a, Ooh, okay, well, how much, like how much longer do we have for E3 really? Um, Which I think is interesting. And I, and I'm, I'm curious to see how long we get more E3 in the years to come. Do we agree? Do we start the clock? Are you starting? Are you starting the clock? Are we? I don't, are we is it official? I, are we? I, I, I don't want to. Is a sad thing because I've not been to E three yet. Like E three has been this thing that that has meant so much to me growing up because I always tune in. And I'm like, oh, let's go. What's going to be the new announcement from Sony or Microsoft or whoever? And the fact that it seems like E three is dying or at least changing uh, dramatically is a bit sad because I don't want it to go. I love E three, but yeah, I think it might be time to start the clock. Yeah, those are some great points. And I think it's kind of we're at the the point now where it's like, who needs who more? Like when you have, as you mentioned, E3 was just the place where the press all got together and, you know, you could get a select group of people together into a room to see cyberpunk, or you could get a whole bunch of people together to see this, or you could, you know, hopefully be this indie gem that stands out because people are there to see um, the newest Call of Duty or whatever, and you're you get you got that booth space next to the Activision booth. Um, but now, with these digital events and companies like Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo and and Ubisoft and all of these companies having their presence and their fans, it almost feels like the ESA needs them for that publicity bump. Then the other way around, where it's Nintendo and, and Microsoft, I feel like are these other companies thinking why should we pay you and be the ones that bring the audience? (laughs) Like you want us, you, you pay us because a physical space at a convention center, handling that logistics, getting a whole bunch of people together in one space. It kind of makes sense why you're paying in without it. I don't know. I just, I just don't see it. I don't see the need for why, Microsoft doesn't do their own thing that week and or whenever they want, whenever it's more valuable to them. Or as we get to here uh, with the rest of these stories, Sony does theirs on a Thursday <laughs> or, yeah. you know, whenever it is. You, you know, one of the things that I noticed last year, there was the only event last year was what? PAX East. That's about it, right? Yeah. So there, was no e, there was no E3. There was no Gamescom, no PAX West, all that, right? And companies saved a lot of money last year, right? So what they did was they put that money that they got from the budget and invested on, let's get more consoles now to the content creators. So they will be the ones talking about our products. That's why, if you notice, a lot of content creators last year got the Xbox Series X, S, and PlayStation 5 early. There was even people like me that got the Xbox Series X a month before before uh, it, it came out, you know, and the reason is this was the first time that all the content creators got hands on to all, all the consoles. Right. And they had the budget to do that instead of going to E3, putting a booth, spending so much money on that, do it in a way where now the fans, the media are actually talking about the products, talk about the games. Now, we I don't know how, how you uh, you got the. Colts early too, right? A blessing for the PlayStation Five too from PlayStation. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So for Xbox, it was a little bit different. Like we got uh, codes, but we were downloading it from a different service, not from the store. There was oh, like a preview. It was like a preview preview beta, and we only had like a certain amount of time to check it out. So every week 
we had something to talk about. So one week was like Yakuza. Mm-hmm. A week after that was Tetris Effect Connected, like that, all the way to launch. So they will give us like a couple games throughout the week, and we're like under embargo until like a certain time. So everything was planned out, and it was it was fine. It was good. It worked out for them too, man. You know. So, but every every few weeks, another wave of group of people will get uh, the consoles too from Xbox. So I think we're gonna see more of that. Companies like, should we put a budget on ha- having our booth at different conferences or? Get more more consoles, more games, or or have like digital events like this for the fans online instead of having it in a certain location in the states. You know, so. yeah, it's also an interesting thing because we're also getting competition from folks like Jeff Keeley who does the Summer Games Fest, and he's recently announced that yeah, that's coming back this year again. I wonder if I'm a Ubisoft or I'm a Microsoft or whoever, I, and I see uh jeff keely's thing right and i have to I have to do the thing where i weighed the two options between the esa and e3 or jeff keely's summer game fest or doing my my own thing uh i wonder where the benefits lie in each option and how that pans out because yeah like uh, to your point danny the playstation and microsoft were able to figure it out uh and right now both the xbox series x and s and the playstation 5 are selling amazingly and they're sold out and so when they're performing at a rate that is the best that they can perform without having to, without attending an E3 in the prior year. I wonder how much that changes their mindset about the organization. Yeah. And your, your mention of, of Keely, I think is a, is a great one where he's proven talking about who needs who more he's proven. He has a track record now of bringing eyeballs to things and the ESA at this point, they don't have that track record. I'm not saying they can't get it, um, but Keeley has shown year after year after year, and he pivoted to a TV show format and then a streaming only format and, and these versions of shows that bring a lot of viewers. I mean, his viewership has just continued to skyrocket. And so I think if I'm a company or a studio trying to think where I want to debut some hot footage or reveal a game, I'm probably going with Keeley at this point over something unknown and, and um, untested. I think that's a great point. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember last, uh, not last year, but the year before that, I mean, Xbox had their, they debuted the Xbox Series X d- during the Game Awards for the first time. Nobody was expecting that at all. Yeah. And it was a big hit. Everybody was talking about it, you know? So, yeah, I can see not only uh, Microsoft, but also PlayStation and other, and maybe even Nintendo too, debuting big, big announcements during the Game Awards again, you know? So, well, I think they should debut them all on uh, Gamertag Radio, but that's just me. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, right. you know, I'm just one, just one man. <laughs> or kind uh, of funny, or kind of funny, right? Or wait, the on. blessing show, the blessing show, the blessing show. Oh, yeah, bring every, yeah. bring everything to the blessing show, please. Yeah, yes. let's get let's get specific. Yeah, it's or <laughs> they can do what they always do and just announce it one day after we finish recording DLC. Like they can keep doing that also, which is which is fine. Dude, we did PS I Love You, which is our PlayStation podcast. <laughs> kind of funny on Monday we recorded it. Tuesday, the amount of PlayStation news that came out legitimately felt like it was purposeful it legit felt like playstation was like okay now stick it to him <laughs> release release the news yeah and so i feel well, your pain there well with that blessing uh again welcome to the show it is your turn to pick any story some we have here something else you want to talk about what would you say my friend is uh your story of the week oh man well you know how much i love playstation and so i gotta talk about this pokemon news no i i, <laughs> I mean I, <laughs> record scratch it's, it's, yeah that's me <laughs> This is a fun one because I do uh, – there's so much to talk about because it's been such a busy week of news. And I, I like this Pokemon news is is awesome. Um, but I want to talk about PSVR too. 
because that's one that that's kind of near and dear to me because i i love psvr i've been using psvr uh for quite a few years now and that's one that's interesting because you know playstation uh came out and they, they put up a blog post over on the playstation blog and they basically talked about how PSVR 2 is coming. Like they, they, they're, we're working on the next generation of PlayStation VR. It's going to be compatible with the PlayStation 5. Uh, it's going to have a new headset. It's going to have a single cord. And there's going to be a new PlayStation, PlayStation VR controller that is more ergonomic, which is very exciting. Um, and there's a lot. They, they didn't go too much into detail, right? They're basically like, hey, stay tuned for a later date. But that in itself is such exciting news because I, uh, I've been of the mind of, I'm sure they're working on PlayStation VR 2, but who knows if it actually happens because the VR space is such an interesting space, especially for a company like PlayStation who is killing it right now with the PS5 and with their core console and their core games that PSV, uh, uh, virtual reality in general isn't selling gangbusters. It's selling pretty good for something that feels like a... Um, an alternative right something that feels like a peripheral but it's not necessarily the next step of gaming and for playstation to be so so successful with their uh core strategy you know i don't think the promise is always there that they keep it going especially because not only do you have to produce the new hardware and work on selling that and marketing that and manufacturing that you also have to manu- you also have to develop games for that hardware which means that you are either partnering with studios or you're having your first party studios make games for PlayStation VR. And that is such a big commitment and them coming out and saying PSVR two is happening is, is a big commitment to that future of VR that I'm, I'm just surprised to see at this point. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, There's a lot to dig in here. Uh, And one Jeff is very excited. He, he loves, he loves VR. Um, So Jeff, don't worry. We can talk about this uh, when you're able to talk again, my friend. But I, I think there's a lot to unpack here. Um, and before I start diving in and swimming around in it, Danny, I'm curious what your take is on this of like an announcement of an announcement. <laughs> you know, like it's not it's not now. Hey, blessing, PSVR two is coming out. Not now. We don't know when it's coming. Be We're excited. Working on it. We're working yeah, yeah. on it. And that was kind of it. And that's kind of coming on the heels of prior um, Sony executive statements of like VR is hot, but it's not huge. Like they've even admitted that, like, it's not the next thing yet. It, it has potential. And there was like, oh, okay. And now they're like, it's coming. So I'm curious on what your take of this kind of an announcement of future announcements is. Yeah, I think it's cool. I think, uh, look, I, I can't play VR games cause I get, I get extremely sick. You know, uh, I'll try a couple games here and there. Like I had discovered Thumper through uh, PlayStation VR and I love that game so much. Right. Um, I think it's good, man. I, I, it seems like they're not giving up with it. You know, there's an audience for it, for, for that, um, for that. And I think if they are going to release the next, the next VR, maybe sometime next year, why not have an exclusive, like half-life Alex to debut, you know, for, for PlayStation VR. I think that would be huge. I, I, I don't know if you guys played it at all, but I've been hearing nothing but great things about that game. And the sad part was that game came out right when the pandemic started. So a lot of people lost their jobs. They were not going to invest on, on buying an expensive VR, right, for that. And I think this is the best way to do it, man. Release that at places of VR. Cheap, you know, and, and I, I think now that more people are going to go back to work and they're going to have more money, they can invest that on the places of VR easily and get that game right there. So And it will be an exclusive because Xbox is not going to have it. Nintendo's not going to have it. 
you know, only PC and PlayStation. I think that would be awesome if that happened. It'd be a, a heck of a launch title, that's for sure, especially if it did have even like an exclusive chapter or some type of DLC for this PS VR2 version of it. Um, trophies, and- trophies, right? Right, Blessing? <laughs> oh, <laughs> my <laughs> God, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> and you hit on something that is true of PSVR, and I think people are hoping is true of PSV- PSVR2 also, is that it is a, it's still expensive, but a cost-effective way into VR. Um, Oculus Quest and Quest 2 certainly kind of fits that bill as well as it is a standalone unit where you don't need a PC to run it. You can tether it and get to that PC experience, but it works standalone. But standalone, it can't run a game like Half-Life Alex or some of these more complex in-depth experiences. Um, so hopefully this next Sony headset also delivers on that uh, promise of the first one of comfort, reasonable cost and accessibility, and then improving on things like um, the fidelity of the headset itself. As Blessing mentioned, they talked about more ergonomic controllers, which would go a long way in, in making that headset a better experience. Um, Blessing, I'm curious your take on right now, as you mentioned, you know, people can't even, well, going to a store is one thing, but people can't go to a store online and buy a PS5 still. It is still, it's queuing, you know, go, 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 go. Or like GameStop's dropping a few new ones. It's difficult to get. Do you think that they launch this peripheral next year after a year of supply constraints for their main console? Or is this 2024 kind of thinking? I could see it being 2023. I think it's, it's, it's tough launching hardware and to launch hardware uh, launched the PS5 as hardware right at the end of 2020 and then follow that up uh, two years later by launching PSVR 2 as hardware. I don't think that's an impo- I don't think that's impossible. In fact, they might be aiming to do that. I wouldn't doubt that. But with with one like COVID and how that's affected pipelines and all these things and what that does for PlayStation 5 sales and people not being able to get it and all that stuff. Uh, but then also just people people not being able to get a PS, ps5 in general yeah i could see that being pushed to about 2023 i could see them announcing it in 2022 and that being the full blowout and them talking about all the all, all the new features features and all this stuff but that that is a big uh hill to climb on the opposite end though of that argument i would also say that for what psvr is at the top of 2020 i believe they announced that they had sold 5 million psvr units which I guess sounds like a big number, but in the grand scheme of things, there's over a hundred million PlayStation fives out in the wild and 5 million for PlayStation. Keep in mind, there are PlayStation uh, first party games that have sold well over 5 million units, which means that if you, if you're PlayStation and you release a game on PSVR right now, you are capping it at a certain place, right? Like you cannot, like if you wanted to release a Spider-Man for PSVR, that is a hard. That is a, a piece of hardware that, at the max, right? If you have a hundred percent attachment rate, that's five million units, which is not which is not as much as Spider Man for the PS4 or other first party titles. And so, uh, for place for PlayStation, it could be a thing of, hey, this is a niche piece of hardware anyway, and this is something that we produce uh, at the niche level that fans are going to show up for, and maybe that maybe they expect that the uh, the 4.5 million or however many people have a PlayStation 5 by, let's say, the end of 2021, right? That amount of people uh, that have a PS5 by then are the hard, uh, hardcore audience, right? The hardest of the hardcore audience that might show up for a PlayStation VR 2. Um, and that being the case, right? Say there are 
let's say 10 million ps5 units out there by 2022 maybe for sony that means that hey out of those 10 million we know that 1 million are going to show up and buy the psvr2 that could be enough that could be enough for them to, ju- to justify uh that number and so I, w- I wouldn't say it's impossible for the playstation vr2 to come out in 2022 but i do think for where i sit right now i'd say it's a little bit unlikely yeah, that, that 5 million number, I think, is a really interesting piece of this puzzle where, like you mentioned, it's not a connect level of success in terms of adoption rate. And, you know, people dogged on on connect for a while. Um, as term, in terms of peripherals go, uh, it, it's selling well, but it's not the best of the best, certainly. And so I think Sony coming out now and, and providing some of these details on this PlayStation blog um, does show their commitment to the hardware and to the VR space, even if it's not a big money maker for them. Like they, they have a vested interest in this. And I imagine, as you implied, getting games onto the service probably requires a further investment from them, something of them going to developers and saying, hey, we, we want a game for our, our platform, so we're going to give you X number of dollars. There was you know, news uh, this week about Stadia <laughs> and that. And Stadia, I, I do love you, but you make it hard. You make it hard sometimes um, <laughs> and kind of how they spent their money and, and didn't spend their money and bring people in. And it'll be curious to see what they do uh, whenever this piece of hardware comes out. And, and Danny, as you mentioned, what they can capitalize with some of these PC exclusives up to that point um, to make a big splash here on consoles. And uh, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm very, very optimistic that they can provide that streamlined, elegant VR solution and then deliver some of those um, incredible VR experiences. PlayStation VR certainly had the, its share. Moss debuted there. Tetris Effect um, is on PSVR, as you mentioned. Thumper, um, it's an astronaut rescue mission. Like that's yes. why, that's the thing I love about PSVR is that when we when we talk about the different VR platforms, right, whether it be Oculus Quest or PlayStation VR or Vive or whatever. It, it feels like there's this rock, paper, scissors thing going on where <laughs> Oculus Quest is so good because there are no wires attached and you are still getting that high quality uh, software that you wouldn't get from a like Google Cardboard or whatever the the, the, um, yeah. the smaller VR peripherals are, right? Like Oculus Quest has the good stuff and you get that free freedom of motion, which I think is so huge because I would say Oculus Quest is my favorite VR experience from just a pure experience standpoint. But PlayStation VR, I think, has some of the best software. You know, like, and Half Life Alex is probably the big exception of, yeah, no, that Half Life Alex is the the VR game, and that's not on PlayStation right now. But when you look at PlayStation, you are looking at uh, Tetris Effect, which came out first exclusive on PlayStation. You're talking about Astrobot, you're talking about Moss, you're talking about games like Trover Saves the Universe and Blood and Truth, which is a phenomenal uh, PlayStation VR game. So good. And with that, right, it's like, cool psvr2 seems like it's still going to have the cable which it, it is what it is i don't know i don't I, I don't think i can expect much more than that i'm glad that the it seems like it is going to be less of a bulky experience compared to what psvr is now which is nice and for them to go for playstation to go wireless on psvr that would mean that they would have to figure out, out a way to have processing go on in the helmet itself which for them is probably too big of an undertaking if I'm PlayStation, I'm probably like, no. <laughs> if we can't have the processing go on in the PS5, it's probably not worth making a PSVR 2. Uh, and so I get why you would have a cable. But them adding the, in the ergonomic controller, I think, is such an exciting thing. Because P- PlayStation Move, it's, it's been fine, but 
the has ergonomic it, controller has it it's mm. it's awesome for beat saber and that's about it, <laughs> it, <laughs> it works. The, yeah. the, the wand is perfect for beat saber that's like the one thing is like it it, it holds just like those sabers would hold it in your hand yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah everything else is kind of like uh eh, i'd prefer to have an actual controller with the grips and all that stuff so i can uh so they can track hand movement which is still an amazing thing in vr um but yeah like playstation vr i think has such a bright future ahead of it because of that library like that the that's the thing i'm most curious about is does this mean that they continue to double down on producing software for it because they've done a decent job so far um they've not gone all in and i understand why right like five million units you're not going to have insomniac detour and make psvr games but well they did detour and make oculus games for a little while so maybe the pedigree is there insomniac did they did. They did indeed. Oh, the, it's like kind of an uncharted third person. The the name of it is totally le- leaping out of my head right now. It's uh, you're on the snow. It's really good. Um, it was an early oh, Oculus game. Up. What well, year was, was, that was that? Must have been before they were acquired by yes, PlayStation. It was before. But I'm saying the pedigree's there. Like yes, Insomniac has that talent. Um, but yeah, well, yes, yeah. Is that it? Storm what year was what? What year was that? What year was that? That would have like been a- 20, 2019. 2019 no, wow, no that was... that's a different one they've done they've oh, done a okay. couple this one was uh live googling um i i don't know how i didn't realize that insomniac made so many vr games insomniac uh, edge of nowhere feral yes, edge of nowhere okay. edge of nowhere that's it edge of nowhere okay it's really good it was real and it was an early oculus game um but yeah they did I actually Stormland. take that back because then yeah i could definitely i can definitely see insomniac making a playstation <laughs> vr game yeah that'd well, be a heck me... of a launch game a ratchet and clank something yes, PSVR yes. to launch experience oh uh, i could definitely see that i could definitely see that but but see it reminds me of of like connect and also uh playstation vita when it came out back then right yeah uh, be careful with what you're about to say right now dan no this is the this yeah, is the careful. truth man this is the truth I, look look i remember being at the press conference sony press conference and they announced Call of Duty and a new Bioshock game for PlayStation Vita. And oh, we yeah. Never, and we never got to see the Bioshock game <laughs> ever. And right? I kind of wish I never saw the Call of Duty. It was, oh, I, that loved, was I loved some COD, but it was not a good. That, that was terrible. That was terrible. But what I, what I was about to say is, you know, the Xbox 360 came out. Years later, Kinect came out. And yeah, that, that, there was some good here here and there, some games that, that I, I think it was really cool for 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 connect but like you said blessing companies are not gonna put their 100 percent focus on on vr what they're gonna do is when they, if they make a game it's gonna be a playstation 5 game first then vr is like secondary you know so but oh we're gonna see a 100 percent vr game for playstation vr or is it gonna be like that because when i play thumper I played for a little bit. I took it off, and I was just playing it straight from the PlayStation Four. Same thing with Tetris Effect Connected. Like I feel like that's like the VR was more like a feature, like an add-on, See, right? And I I think for PlayStation, you're gonna get more of that because I think it, it becomes tough, right? Like you, you don't want to make you don't want to commit your first party studios entirely toward making VR games because there aren't gonna there aren't gonna be that many people that pick up VR. Right, it's it's a weird chicken and egg thing where you yep. can't you yep. can't sell VR unless you put games on VR, but also you know your games aren't going to sell if you put them on VR. And so I could see, I could see what uh, us getting more of what we have gotten, where it is Resident Evil 
seven oh, so had a good. VR mode and people love that VR mode. I wouldn't, I would not be surprised to see Insomniac puts out, maybe this is a b- bad example because Spider-Man VR would probably be uh, messed up in terms of people, people will get sick, motion sickness and all that <laughs> well, stuff. There was, there was a demo, like a, it wasn't by Insomniac, but there was like, it was like tied to one of the movies and they did Iron Man oh, VR right. that camouflage did. Yeah. But I, I, I agree. It is a chicken to the egg. Like you need that software and PC certainly has, I, I would argue that PC and Index, which has a, a cable as well, I think PC is probably the king of VR. But where I will 100% agree with you, Blessing, is that Sony did an incredible job getting a diverse library of games out on PSVR and some really good exclusives and timed exclusives. And Danny, as you mentioned, that they had to have paid for those. They, they had to have paid for those because it's not something where a developer is going to say, I'm going to put all of my effort into this thing that at the time had a $2 million, a $2 million, $2 million unit uh, install base. So there has to be an incentive to get them to do it. But if you do get them to do it, then you sell more of the hardware. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the only, the only people, the only company that could do it like this, maybe it's just indie studios. I mean that's what that's what they've been doing, right? Like Beat Saber came came out of uh, I forget the name of the actual studio, but they were indie. I think right? it's when Beat Saber were, Studio. Yeah. Was, yeah. It Beat, was it Beat Saber Studio? <laughs> I think they it, like you Beat know Saber they were studio. they were indie when they made that. I know um, the folks who made Trover Saves the Universe, right? Like they were Adult Swim games. They were more of a smaller uh, operation. Moss, you know, was, was a, a indie game. Like when you look at the big success stories in VR, most of them are coming out of the smaller studios or partnerships with Sony, right? Iron Man VR was the big, one of the big VR games of last year. And that was the partnership with camouflage studio. Um, And so those are going to be, had to be the games that are driving the ship for what VR is. And honestly, I think, I think that's fine. Like VR for what we've gotten out of VR for the last few years, even though it's not been this big mainstream uh, thing. And I would say VR has been, been a success the library has been pretty vibrant and pretty fun and i've enjoyed so many vr games and if they if they continue at the same cadence and if vr is able to kind of justify itself uh, uh in its price um by continue by continuing the same output then i think it's a win-win situation of yeah we're getting great games and they're making just enough money to keep this operation going yeah, I agree. Um, there's a lot more we can talk about here with Sony. We're going to get to some of the other stories as well. Blessing, you mentioned Pokemon. There's a lot going on. Uh, before we do, I'm going to take a quick pause to thank our sponsor on this episode, which is Squarespace. If you wanted to create your PSVR2 website, uh, list all the reasons why you know Jeff's going to buy it. Uh, he already has it pre-ordered, even though there's not a pre-order link. You can do that all on Squarespace. If you've been listening to this show, you know that they have been a longtime sponsor of ours, and we really appreciate it. You're going to need a website. You're going to need a domain. Squarespace can get that done for you. And uh, you can go to our uh, URL, squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. Yes, I'm Christian, but I'm telling you that Jeff sent you, Jeff sent me. That is squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. Uh, and you use the show code Jeff sent me when you check out, but you can go there. You can, uh, that will get you a free trial and the offer code will get you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. But the best thing about Squarespace is you don't need to give them a credit card to start any of that stuff. You can just go there, squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me play around. What you see is what you get. Design a beautiful website. Make sure it has all the PSVR 2 news that you want in it, all the reasons why it's going to be Jeff's favorite VR headset. Uh, And it's there. 
it's there. It's, it's uh, nothing to patch or upgrade. You're going to have a beautiful looking website that is made by you. You don't need to have uh, someone design this fancy special website for you. You can make your special fancy website yourself by going to Squarespace. Jeff likes to say that jeffcanada.com was built on Squarespace. Um, my older podcast, Apartment of Parenting, was built on Squarespace. I love it. I've used it. You can too. Go to squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. Then when you have things beautiful and ready to go, you can use code Jeff sent me to save 10% on your first purchase. Thank you, Squarespace, for being such a longtime sponsor of this show. Back to uh, Sony blessing. As you mentioned, they had a busy week. Um, Let's talk about the state of play for a little while. Uh, They had their state of play um, this week kind of a first state of play for a while for them. Not as long as Nintendo's drought, um, but it had been a while since we had a a bigger state of play. And uh, I think people were pretty excited. And I think people came away kind of okay. Is that a, is that a fair way to put it? What was your, before you dive into what was announced, what was your takeaway, you know, virtually walking out of that state of play? How did, how did you leave? How are you feeling? I felt pretty good coming out of this one. I, I I I think if you paid attention and you set your expectations accordingly, then you probably came out of, came out of the state of play pretty happy because they announced this one to be a hey, we're going through ten games. It is a lot of third party stuff. We are going to go. We're going to deep dive each of them, um, and they pretty much stuck to that. You know, I think there was the question of, all right, are we going to see any of the big first party announcements between Ratchet? god of war or horizon and we got none of those but final fantasy 7 remake integrate i think was good as a here's one more thing and here is the the main event here's the main course and i think it i think it satisfied that because you know people love final fantasy 7 um i know the the audience compared to in terms of the playstation audience right compared to ratchet and other first party playstation stuff uh it's probably like a little bit more niche because it's a jrpg but Final Fantasy VII has such a big fan base, and uh, it coming to PS5 is huge news. And so I think with that and a lot of the other stuff we, we saw and like a couple of the, the uh, new games we saw revealed, I think it was a banger of one. I think it was a pretty good state of play. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue when you show more Final Fantasy VII. Uh, I think that gets people excited. Danny, I'm curious what your take was coming into it and, wa- and you know, virtually walking out of it. How did you how did you leave uh, the state of play? Well, I completely missed uh, missed it uh, that day, but uh, based on what I was hearing from from like friends, um, it said it was good. I I think people were expecting some like AAA announcements <laughs> during the during the it show. It is February. It's the but end it's of early. February. Where's the AAA? I need exactly. the big stuff. Exactly, but it's still early for that. You know, I, look, I think I think people need to like. Just relax and enjoy it. We're going to have multiple multiple Nintendo Directs, multiple State of Play, even inside Xbox. We're going to see that throughout the year. The you just started, you know? So, um, look, we know we already have a, an official date for Ratchet and Clank. That, that, to me, is the game that I'm waiting for. I don't know about you, Blessing, but yo, oh, I, am, yeah. I am so hyped for that game, man. Uh, and I'm a huge fan of Insomniac, so... Um, but... You know, I, um, I, I think I think it's um, it was good, man. I think uh, they they showed a couple of um, indie games, right? Too. I, I just um, I think from um, yeah. From, so we what's can, the name we of the can, company? We can dive through it real quick. Some of the things that stood out to me, and then blessing a few of others that I maybe missed. But they did a deep dive on um, Returnal, which is House Marquis' upcoming uh, PS5 game that is a roguelike. It is 
different than their House Marquis other games that were kind of more shootery arcadey games. This looks like a kind of third person action game with beautiful, yeah. you know, air quote next gen graphics. Crash Bandicoot Four, a PS5 version shown. Um, then Sifu, which I'm probably saying wrong, but maybe Sifu. I mean, is, I've been I've been saying Sifu. Sifu. Yeah. It, I mean, it's it not looks, a real word. All these words are made up technically. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 the raid redemption. Uh, you know, it's it's dread 3D. I was talking about uh, this show. I think last week how we have these roguelike games and you climb towers and it's like someone make a literal raid game already. Like, a, and that's what Sifu looks like. It is. It's an awesome fighting game from um, slow, slow cap, clap. slow clap. Yeah, slow clap. And um, they have fighting pedigree in, in their, in their past. And it looks like it's that experience as you're battling up this, um, this through this building. Um, and then solar ash, uh, was revealed for PS4 and PS5. Um, they, uh, as from the people who gave us hyperlight drifter. And then we got the James Bond esque death loop trailer and some additional details death on death loop. Mm-hmm. See, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm curious to play that game too. Death loop. That oh yeah, Deathloop is definitely it's my number one most anticipated game this year. I am really. Oh yeah, I am looking forward to Deathloop. I because I, I love Arcane. Like they they worked on Dishonored, and I think uh, Dishonored the gameplay was so fantastic to me. And I like the world and story fine, but I I uh, Dishonored went for this whale punk style that wasn't necessarily entirely my jam. But I love playing Dishonored so much just because they're great stealth, uh, great stealth games, great immersive sims, and yeah. Deathloop. From both the gameplay and the style and story side of things, uh, it appeals to me so much, and I can't wait to jump in. It's been one of those ones where I'm trying to like stay a little bit blind on it, even though I've seen each of the big trailers that they released. But I'm like, I don't want to know what the story is. I don't want to like do the research and 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 pick apart anything. I just want to jump in and experience that world. Um, that game looks so fun. Uh, Sifu though is one that I want to shout out because Sifu Which chat chat says is Chinese for master teacher. So oh, thank you, interesting. Oh, so, okay. the first to admit that I had no clue of that, but that yeah, I had no clue uh, either. I thought I legit thought that was a made up made up word, but yeah, it seems that that's that's a cool thing. Um, Slow Clap's previous game was this game called Absolver, which came out in 2017, and I played a little bit of Absolver. I actually was playing it earlier today to kind of refresh myself a bit on it because. I when they announced Absolver, I was obsessed with it. I was like, dude, what is this game? I need to check it out because it looked a little bit similar to how Sifu looks, um, but it was an entirely different kind of game. And so it had the same martial arts uh, 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 like aesthetic to it. it, had like these cool character animations for the combat and all this stuff. And immediately when I saw that, I was like, oh, this looks awesome. But it was that in the in the um, framing of kind of a Souls-ish kind of game where you would go through, you would fight enemies, but then there was also PvP multiplayer that they bring into the mix. You could also learn different, uh, like, schools of combat. And, like, they had so much stuff that was going on in it. And I think think they had... Too, had too many ideas that kind of boggled down the thing entirely um, because I got into it, started playing it, and I was just like, yeah, this isn't hitting the way I wanted it to hit. Um, Sifu, the trailer for it, just looks way more focused, and it looks way more interesting. Uh, and I assume from what they've shown, it's single player, which I think appeals a lot because going back to going back to Absolver, that game doesn't run entirely too smooth, um, which I think is kind of because of the multiplayer and other, and other things, right? It being on the PS4 and all, and uh, uh it being an indie game and all this stuff sifu feels like they've learned lessons from absolver and are like hey how do we focus this up how do we make something that 
takes the things that works about Absolver and takes the things that people were interested in when it came to Absolver and focuses that and sells it. And I think this is exactly that. Uh, and it looks so good. I'm very into it. Yeah, Absolver was really interesting. I never spent much time with it, but from what I understood in the little bit I played, you know, the dynamic fighting styles and you could kind of change things on the fly. It seemed like almost kind of between your stances or styles as you, as you progressed. Um, but it did seem like it tried to do a lot. Um, and I agree. It does look like Sifu kind of has a focused, um, you're kicking butt. It's the, it's the hallway fight, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It, it's a very clear message of what this game is going to be. And you're trying to run through this building and it, it looks, uh, it looks it looks really 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 good yeah i think there's a lot to like um out of the state of play i think it was a little odd with the timing where we got final fantasy 7 remake intergrade with the new chapter announced for exclusively or for ps5 and then the next day yeah we got the announcement that final fantasy 7 remake was coming to ps plus in march but isn't upgradable to intergrade which i i guess makes sense it's one but, of those things where I'm like, I, I totally understand why this is a thing, but it, it, like I, it's just a weird, it's just a weird one, right? Where it's yeah. like that's it's confusing. I think is is the main thing where it's like, okay, so if I had the PS4 version, I can upgrade to PS5. We're gonna give everybody the PS4 version. It's like, wait, so can I, but you can't upgrade to PS5, and it's like, wait, but you just, okay, fine. I I like I get it, right? You don't want to give everybody the PS5 version of the game free, well, which is why they're doing it that way. But it is kind of it's weird messaging. That said, that PS Plus lineup is amazing for this month. Hell um, yeah. I don't know why Hell that yeah. wasn't in the state of play because that of itself it would have been a pop. I wonder if it was to keep them up out just a little bit. They're like, we're announcing Integrate. Oh, we're giving this away. How do we like? What's well, the, how do we make people it? not think that it's the same? But yeah. it, it's also it could be because of Square too. It's not. It's not only because of PlayStation. You know, they want people to be excited for the PlayStation Five version, and then on the side, you know, don't, don't promote it too much. Have it, you know, f- available for for subscribers too. So I, I don't see anything bad about it, man. You know, but hey, look, the game is free. If you're, right. you know. It's, it's awesome. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. And you're also with that PS Plus getting uh, Maquette, which is a really cool first person puzzle game uh, that I've been very excited about. Um, and that, that that's the one where you're basically in. I don't even know how to describe it. Like you, you basically are you look down at a toy box, rearrange things and the way that you arrange rearrange things, rearranges things in the world that you're actually in. And so it's this cool play on perspective where if you move a train in this toy box that moves the train in the real world and you're using that to solve puzzles. Um, you're getting that. You're getting um, uh, what's it called? Remnant from the Ashes. And then also, God, I've basically PR for Sony the way I, re- I remember all of their, all of their <laughs> PR bits. Um, you also get the VR game. Uh, break, uh, b- 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 I forget what it's called. Not I guess I'm not point. PR for Sony. <laughs> uh, Farpoint. 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 Far yes. Thank you. Thank Farpoint. you. And it's an incredible great. month because you're also getting Ratchet for Play at Home. And then Destruction All-Stars is still free this month. Still free. Mm-hmm. You well, know, I, I have to bring something up, though, because I've been noticing that places have been doing this a lot lately. So whispering their press releases and blessings ears while he's asleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of like, yes. So last year, last year they, they were hyping up about Miles Morales, you know, coming off of PlayStation five and everything. Right. So they show the official gameplay footage, right? Everybody, everybody's excited. Then the next day they release a, uh, a the press release comes out and said that the game is also going to be available PlayStation four, but it was not 
during the digital uh, press conference, right? So I'm wondering why can not only places but every company just be straight up? Hey, look, this game is going to be also available on on both consoles. You know, like why just promote one to the public and then quietly send out a press release mm-hmm. announcing this also for PlayStation Four? Hey, look, there's they're gonna get money, so I think it's it's good to just just announce it overall, man. You know, and I, I think not only PlayStation but I think every single company need to do that. Just be you know, straight up with everybody about that stuff, man. You yeah, know, instead of doing it in a slick way. Well, <laughs> you know, speaking, but. so we, we talk, there's a lot, there's a lot to cover. I want to get to two more things. And I want to talk okay. about the games that we've been playing. Sorry. Uh, no, 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 this is great. Cause I can, this, this relates. We don't need to spend a yeah. lot of time on it, but another yeah. thing that happened this week is that Anthem got thank you next by Ariana Grande. Like she appreciates it being here. She's learned a lot from it, but she's done with it. Uh, Anthem next was officially canceled by ea the much rumored anthem 2.0 you know they were going to save the game that bioware had a small team working on to kind of revamp and revitalize that is not happening bioware is focusing on uh, mass effect and dragon age and they want to get their core focus back um so if there's anything that either of you want to talk about we can spend some time on this but i'm definitely talking some pokemon before we roll into the playlist so but I want to give this, I know, I, I know Anthem was a big game for a lot of people or a big promise for a lot of people. So I want to give its passing. I don't want to just gloss over it if you all want to dive in. I mean, I don't uh, have too much to say because I didn't play too much uh, Anthem. I played that beta that they had before the game came out and I was super into it. And when it came out and and uh, people weren't feeling it, I was like, dang it, man. I, I really wanted <laughs> I really wanted this to be the one. Um, I'm sad that it, they weren't able to make Anthem next a thing because i i really thought they were going to be able to pull it back because we've got we've seen that comeback story from a few different games like no man's sky had that comeback story yeah um rainbow six siege had a bit of a comeback story right like I mean, rainbow six siege is the hotness right now and it didn't it wasn't abysmal at launch or anything but you know they they had they had a come up story with that one and i i could have i could have seen anthem having a similar thing because i think you know, they, I think the pieces were there. The main thing that was kind of wrong with that game was lack of content. Um, and so I was, I was hoping that they would have figured that out by just creating content. And it seems like they just weren't, weren't able to find the vision for it, um, which is a bummer. But I think at the same time, not as surprising when you look at Bioware and see all the di- all the different things that they have going on. You know, they have they have Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which which they're about to launch. They have Dragon Age uh, for which apparently it was going to be multiplayer <laughs> i don't know if you guys saw that um mm-hmm. but yeah they have that that they're working on and then they also have the next mass effect that they've uh, they've announced that they're working on and it's and like star wars is still trucking for them also they're yeah yeah and it's like dude how much do y'all want to work on um at the same <laughs> time and so I, I i get it but yeah i'm i'm, I'm a little bit sad that we're not going to see a future for anthem danny were yeah. you uh were you an anthem anthem guy uh no i was not an anthem guy uh but I got to play the game and I was just not feeling it at all. And I was, I was curious to see what they were planning to do with the next Anthem game. And yeah, I think it wasn't, it wasn't that great probably from the inside, but I, I know my co-host Paris, he got to see the game early before it came out. And there was a group of them that were also uh, got to play the game and everything. And they gave uh, the dev team a lot of feedback. And the main thing that everybody was saying was don't release this game delay work on on some um on content on certain things to make the game even better and they didn't they they didn't listen they 
you know, and yeah. I don't blame I don't blame they probably the developers. listen, but they might have not been able. There's a lot of factors that go into when a game comes yeah. out. Um, yeah, but it, that's it's more of the leadership. You know, they're like, hey, we got to release on on a certain day. You know, but yeah, it, it sucks, man, that they didn't give it an opportunity to at least test out Anthem next to see if it was going to be a success story or not. You know, but. I mean, hey, now they could focus on other games, man. Dragon Age and and Mass Effect, you know? So, yeah. So Anthem is gone, but not forgotten. Another thing that is not forgotten, as we will finish up Story of the Week segment here, which I know has has gone long, but my goodness, this was a a busy week in news. Um, Pokemon had their Pokemon present, celebrating 25 years of Pokemon. And I I love Pokemon. I'm a big Pokemon fan. My, My daughters are big Pokemon fans. And I think this was a heck a heck of a press conference. People were a little bummed with the Nintendo Direct that Nintendo didn't give Zelda 35th anniversary enough love on it. And this Pokemon uh, present started with this timeline of everything that's been in Pokemon. And you see how inventive that franchise has been over the years from like utilizing the Game Boy camera, printer, uh, Pokemon Snap, trading cards, dongles, Pokemon Go, DS, mainline console, um, wired play, then the wireless adapter for GBA so you could link cable wirelessly and kind of pushing this tech forward. This franchise is something that maybe while the core gameplay until 2022 has been a little stale, um, it's been innovative in, in the hardware and, and um, ideas, I guess, side of how you make a multimedia franchise, a term that got thrown around a lot in the 2010s of like we're launching a game a book a movie a podcast a tv show a sneaker line and then like one of them comes out and the rest don't pokemon did that they did all of those things and they've all been big and now we got announced that the much rumored um pokemon brilliant diamond and shining pearls what they're calling that remake is coming late 2021 of this year which is the remake of the 2006 in japan 2007 uh here in the usds games uh, we got an extended look at Pokemon Snap, which is soon, but doesn't feel soon enough. Um, and then the big thing, the the showpiece, the dropper, was the Pokemon prequel, Pokemon Legends Arceus? Arceus? Again, my pronunciation is awful uh, <laughs> every week, but especially this week, um, is early 2022, which is the Breath of the Wild Pokemon, is what it looks like. They showed, they never said open world they didn't say all those things but my goodness if the footage they showed didn't look like it and this to me just absolutely blew me away it's what i think people have been clamoring for of like use all of the power of the mainline hardware nintendo to make this big pokemon game unleash it from handheld and now nintendo has this console that is a handheld and their air quote powerful you know and i get it it's a switch but like their powerful <laughs> console mm-hmm. and you have this open world this open world game danny i'm curious if if the this pokemon presents blew you away the the way it did me well that la- that last game that i'm not a huge i'm a casual pokemon player like once in a while i'll play here and there but I know that's but a that... pikachu beanie you're wearing don't try to hide it i get <laughs> that... it no, but you know what that game honestly it, i got that same vibe from you too man that the the breath of the wild that type of vibe, and I really want to play it out. I played it when it once it comes out early, early next year. But is is it wait? Is it next year? Right? It's 20, early, early next year, and the remake Diamond Pearl are late this year. So it seems conceivable that within a mm-hmm. four month span, we're going to get two sizable Pokemon games. Yeah, yeah, it looks good. It looks really, really good. And um, 
I, I'm wondering if this is also going to come out after the rumor launch of the Nintendo Switch Pro too. You know, I mean, Maybe you tell me is... Reggie's best friend. You let me know when is yeah, that coming out. No comment from him though. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, but it looks it looks good. Like I, me as a casual player, I think that stood out to me a lot, and I'll definitely will try it out once it comes out. For sure. Well, thing, uh, I'm an old. Uh, I'll categorize you as a young. Uh, I appreciate not, it. Not a baby, but I'm an old. I get it. I talk about my daughters also liking Pokemon. I know what I am. I know who I am. Uh, Pokemon was huge already by the time you were getting into games, just based on how time works. Like for me, I was like, I witnessed it happen. And it's like, oh, so it's been with me my whole life. I'm curious, you know, how this franchise resonates for you. And and if, if 25 years means anything or if it's just like, oh, of course, it's Pokemon. Now, I, I was legitimately the perfect age for Pokemon when it hit, where, you know, I was I was born in 1994. And uh, that means by like 2000, I was I was six years old and I was playing Pokemon games. And that was around the time where we got like the Johto games and all this stuff and Pokemon 2000 and all this different stuff. And so I, I came up, you know, as Pokemon was a thing. and I love Pokemon uh growing up i did have that point of dropping off uh because i didn't have the certain handhelds and so i didn't i never had a ds which means that i actually never did play diamond and pearl um and that was basically the time i would so i'm super excited that i get to play brilliant diamond or the other or the pearl one um yeah shining pearl, brilliant pearl. diamond shining yeah. pearl <laughs> yeah uh adjective things. pearl adjective diamond. <laughs> adjective diamond <laughs> i'm so excited that i get to play those uh this fall because that that is going to feel like i am picking up where i left off um, which is so special to me, but yeah, Pokemon, uh, uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. I'm just gonna say Arceus. Cause I don't know how it's pronounced. I, I need that confidence. No, I, I'm learning. Go ahead. Yeah, I like yeah. it. You just yeah. <laughs> I this is this is like a dream come true for me, and I know for so many Pokemon fans, this feels like the Pokemon game that people, including me, have asked for forever. Because I've always had the vision of what would a Pokemon game look like if you just produced it for a console, right? If you got the big RPG for a console. And people have asked that over and over again. And I think when when Nintendo when Nintendo launched the Switch and it was the con- consolidation of their handheld and home console um, strategy, that meant that, oh, Pokemon is going to have a Switch. We're finally going to get that home console Pokemon. And with Pokemon Sword and Shield... I played it and I liked Shield fine. I had my complaints with it, but it wasn't, it wasn't I think... You, what, what was that? You're a shield guy? I'm a shield guy, yeah. I, I went with... Well, actually, no. Did I go with sword? I forget which one I had. I, I'm not trying to... I, you know, I just... I'm a sword guy. Uh, you know, my daughters are sword kids because I'm a sword dad. Uh, you know, I'm I like checking meeting, right. I have the switch out right now. I'm checking. I like meeting I like meeting shield folk, you know? Because I, no, I, I, I do I have a question shield. for you guys about, about it. I do have a question. Is it throughout the years the Pokemon game uh, games has it been too easy? Has it been more difficult? Do you want do you want it to be more difficult once it comes out uh, the 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 one from early next year? I, so, I go ahead, go ahead. Oh, so I was just ask for it. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Sorry to burst your, burst your bubble. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like they're they haven't been too hard or too easy for me. Sword and Shield, I think, were easier than some, but I think they're a very accessible, turn-based JRPG game, and I kind of like them being that. Um, the The difficulty comes from if you want to collect them all and tracking down a Shield guy so that you can trade Pokemon between the two uh, game types or doing battles against friends. 
um, the, the core game kind of seeing the credits, so to speak, has never necessarily been the challenge, but, but I, I like that. I don't, you can always grind your way to success. And, and I think that's something that's fit the games, uh, really well. And I'm curious to see how legends builds on that. Cause what the open world adds to me, I think is the possibility of getting lost or, or, or not knowing what's next to do. And while Sword and Shield had the wildlands that allowed for a little of that exploration, it's a Pokemon's a very focused game. Go to this gym, go to this gym, go to this gym. And then along the way, you meet, you know, things that prevent you from doing it. But again, you know what you're going to do. And I'm curious what this, you know, how Breath of the Wildy it is. Because Breath of the Wild, you can do whatever you want, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, so I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned that I had complaints here and there with Pokemon Sword and Shield. And one of my complaints is that it's too easy. Um, it feels like popping out of Pokemon uh, on during the Game Boy Advanced era and then coming back with Sword and Shield, it feels like the franchise has been very iterative. Like, it's very much the Pokemon that I know and love for better and worse, where you start the game, you pick between uh, grass, uh, water, and fire, the first Pokemon that you'll meet are, will probably be a normal type or a flying type Pokemon in the grass. And that first route, <laughs> you're going to go fight the first gym leader. You're going to go through the second route, meet some more Pokemon that open up a little bit. And then as you go, you start to meet like the, the more advanced ones. And it's like, cool. I know this formula. Like I've seen this formula over and over again. And Sword and Shield felt like it was more of that, but also at the same time, a little bit um, watered down. And I'm sure this is this has happened over the course of multiple Pokemon games. I'm sure Sword and Shield isn't the, the culprit of this. But, you know, jumping into it, I was like, man, I am blazing through this game. I have a Wobbuffet that has counter as a move. And I legitimately, I beat the final big Pokemon boss at the end of Sword and Shield in one move. <laughs> they attacked my Wobbuffet. I used counter and I, I defeated that thing in one move. And, you know... I get that it's a it's supposed to be a family game. It's supposed to be a kids game, and the difficulty I think is supposed to come from the post game and all this different stuff. But I'm not the type of person that plays uh, in the post ga- post game. And so, with all that said, Pokemon Legends uh, has me very excited because it is this different formula for Pokemon that I'm kind of craving. Like it is this answer of hey we have a console that we're putting pokemon on and we're going to make an rpg for it and it seems like it's going to be open world and all this stuff and uh taking a little bit of inspiration from breath of the wild and other open world games and with that i'm like sweet man i finally get the thing that i wanted as a kid i finally get something that feels like it's a different core pokemon game and then who when it comes to difficulty who knows i bet it's still gonna be easy but you know beggars can't be choosers i'll take what i can get and this is this is something that that i'm, I'm kind of begging for and so i'll take it yeah, it's interesting. I do feel like Nintendo and maybe even as early as the Wii or before that, Wii U or, you know, SNES, I don't know when it started, but I do feel like a lot of their difficulty comes post credits. Like getting to the credits in any Mario game is not the real challenge, but can you get all the shines? Uh, can you get all the stars? Even in like the Yoshi Woolly World games and those types of things, it's like any, you can kind of just hold right and, and get there and finish, but did you find all the secrets, did you get all the stickers, and that's kind of where they're their difficulty is I'm, I'm curious to see what what legends is but there are games that we have actively been playing right now so we're going to transition i know that was a long uh story of the week but man it was good there was so much stuff this week it was it was outrageous um but we're going to transition talking about the games that we have been playing this week in a section we like to call the playlist and then there'd be a bumper and it'd be like a song and you'd be like oh you'd be singing along you'd be in your car and you're 
kids would be in the back and be like, there's a playlist. They're doing a playlist. And I don't, I don't have any of that. So we're going to transition into the playlist, baby. As we talk about the games we have been playing. Danny, you went first in story of the week. It is only fair if I let Blessing go first uh, as we talk about the games that he has been playing this week. Blessing, what is on your playlist? Again, I'm a PlayStation podcast person, right? <laughs> PS Love You, XOXO, kind of funny.com is over there. Uh, so let me talk about Super Mario 3D World, a game that I've been playing so much over the course of the last week. Uh, this is my first time playing 3D World because I did, like many people listening, probably, I did not own a Wii U. Um, and so I'm, I'm a ba- very big fan of Mario. And so I was very excited for them to bring this game over to switch uh and jumping into it like it is very much the mario game that i expected where you are going through going through the platforming levels and they are polished it is that nintendo level design that we all love um and it's a great time uh the thing that caught me by surprise though was bowser's fury bowser's fury i don't know if you've talked about this game on the podcast before no, talk, so talk 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 okay i love it go bowser's fury for those who don't know or or, or are, are unfamiliar right like it is the new it is it is the new expansion to this game uh, that they've attached for this re-release and it is basically a 3d mario game like i don't know why nintendo didn't just come out and advertise it as that <laughs> but it is a 3d mario game it is open world it is taking the mechanics from 3d world and basically translating them into this big um uh like island uh like water paradise thing <laughs> that that mario is at right now um you're going through these different uh parts of the open world of the open world and uh basically the world contains like these smaller mini mario levels that you're going into completing a challenge coming back to and you're doing another challenge similar to how in mario 64 you would jump into painting do get the star jump back in there'll be a new objective get the star for that objective and keep coming back and and going back this kind of has the same thing except in the open world for different parts of the open world which i think is really cool uh and it's blown me away like i am i i got very obsessed with it i'm still kind of obsessed with it i I do want to get all the cat shines which are basically their version of stars in this thing uh and i've been having a blast with it i don't know if either of you guys have been have checked it out yet i love that game i love it as well i think bowser's fury as you mentioned blessing is just incredible and i think i'm shocked that nintendo didn't blow it out a little bit and release it standalone as 60 dollars. it's like here's the next big thing um Danny, I'm curious what your take. Did you Wii U? Did you play this game on Wii U? Did yeah, Wii? I had the Wii U. That was my game of the year for that yeah. year. Was yeah. 3D Mario, oh, wow. uh, Super Mario 3D World. Yep, yep. Awesome. I love that game so much. It's it's pretty cool. It's a lot of fun, and uh, I know they added online for for this version for the Switch. And I think blessing you've been posting a lot of like couple of clips of you playing yeah. with, with our friend Yami. Yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> that's how, so me and Yami have been playing the entirety yeah. of Super Mario 3D World. So I've been playing an entirely two player co op. And it is such a, a fun two-player co-op game. The one thing, though, is that the online is not perfect. The it's online... Not. Wait, from it, a Nintendo game? Yeah, no, it's a shocker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's incredible. It it play it, it feels like you're playing on ice the whole time. It feels like you're, it feels like every level is an ice level. That's the only way I can describe it. Um, the online is not amazing, but it gets the job done, and we've played the whole game that way, and it's been uh, such a fun time because it has kind of the same it has like the same stuff you love from the new super mario brothers games of picking up other characters and you're playing on the same screen at the same time but it's in a 3d space and so that makes for different types of challenges and you have some 3d mario moves like the long jump and like other things that mario does in 3d but it's in this 2d-ish space it's like a weird 
it's it's a weird thing that makes sense for the evolution of Mario, and it makes me wonder where Nintendo goes from here with um, their, I guess, non-mainline 3D Mario games because this feels like a great, hey, New Super Mario Brothers has run its course. Let's do 3D World. Cool. What's after 3D World? That's kind of where I, what, uh, what I'm wondering now because 3D World is really cool, and I want to see where else they can push Mario. What other dimensions? Mm-hmm. And 4D. Oh my god! Fourth <laughs> would be awesome. No, but it, there, it's a lot of potential now. Playing uh, Bowser and Fury, that 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 expansion is really good, man. I, I call it an expansion because that's not a a complete full game like 3D Mario World. It's a very short game, though. It is. It's I wild. Imagine. It's wild because it's a hundred. It's a hundred cat shines, and if you think about it, yeah. Mario sixty four had one hundred and twenty stars. So it's getting there. Like I think, the, I getting, think yeah. if if Nintendo were to spin this out and release it as its own thing, they would probably have to charge only 20 to 30 dollars for it because i don't you can't really compare it compare it to an odyssey in terms of size and scope and quality but as an expansion or a smaller size thing like it is legitimately a 3d mario game and you're getting you're getting cat shines and you're doing all the things that you do in 3d mario and it's of that same it has nintendo uh level design and all that stuff it feels like they're prototyping for what maybe the next mario game is maybe the next mario game is going to be open world or something um it kind of feels like they're testing that out and trying to get the creative juices going um and if so like i welcome it because i think this game was a success yeah yeah Yeah, my favorite part of of bowser's fury is when you you know become big cat mario or i guess you can be big when you battle uh and as everybody grows and the worlds are still there those little islands are still there for you to exist on and stomp around and it's really cool to like see I just love the change in perspective. Like, oh, here's this tall tower that I had to climb up before and, and, and fly to get up to it. It's so challenging. And now I'm just like stomping on it as I as I walk over and try to get my three hits on Bowser. It's it's really, really fun. But, yep. oh, go ahead, Danny. No, no, it reminds me of uh, Dragon Ball <laughs> for some strange yeah. reason. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's cool. But you know what I love? It starts raining. It's getting darker. And out of nowhere, Bowser comes out. And the music is intense. It gets you like nervous too, so. Yeah. I love it. It's really, really cool. Look, but I you know what? I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that Nintendo are started releasing a lot of those Wii U games. Yeah, because that that console, you know, that console flopped. But there was a lot of gems during that time for that console, and I'm glad that they're releasing it for the Switch, man. Because it's a whole new audience that never got to experience Super Mario 3D World, you know. So and other games too, Pikmin and so yeah. on. So yeah, I mean, I'd say Donkey Kong Country, Splatoon, 3D yeah. World, and Pikmin Three. Uh, and, and Mario Kart, it's like gems, straight gems. up gems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, Bring, yep. get them onto the Switch wherever you can. Um, I, yeah, I love it. Super Mario 3D World and and Bowser's Fury. Uh, Blessings. Is there anything else on your playlist this week that you want to chat about? I hopped a little bit into that Outriders demo. Um, I don't know if you guys were able to check it out, but I've been having I, a lot yeah. of fun with it. It's um, I, I I got to preview the game back in August ish. Um, yeah. and when I did that. I played as the Technomancer class, which is a really fun one. And jumping into the new demo, I uh, started playing as the Trickster class, and I was yeah. into it. I had such a fantastic time as the, as the Trickster. Um, I'm looking forward to this game. It's basically going to be like Gears of War Destiny. Like Those are the kind of vibes you get off the game. And playing as the Trickster, I like the moveset because they have a cool a cool move where they can make like this big bubble and everything all the enemies in the bubble move at slow motion uh and if you combine that with other moves like you 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 can do a lot of like synerg synerg synergetic i'm gonna make up a word synerg synergistic 
you can have a lot of synergy with other players in this game. Uh, and the, the, the way in which that pans out often is so satisfying because I'll do that bubble move, freeze all the enemies, and somebody will come through and throw their turret in. And the turret will take out all the enemies and stuff like that feels so good to pull off. Um, and so, yeah, again, I'm looking forward to this game. I don't know if you guys have tried it out. Yeah, I also played it. I guess it, I don't know when it was because time's a black hole to me, but that is an in-person event. So it was over a year ago now. Uh, but Paris was my OG uh, Outriders buddy. We were we were squatted up at the event here in, in Los Angeles. And this feels like the same demo um, that we played then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I love it. I love that they released this demo. I love that your progress carries over. I love that the demo has cross-play. Um, I agree, Blessing. It feels like an evolution of the Gears of War formula, which I think is really fresh. I love Gears, but I felt like Gears 5 started to feel a little long in the tooth, and I love the addition of these powers. And Outriders can be a cover-based shooter, certainly, but it doesn't need to be. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think as the Trickster, I rarely play it as a cover-based shooter. I'm flying around those maps using all of my powers whenever I can. And I really like the the loot grind. You know, they talk about it being a diablo style model of loot it's not a games as service um of loot grind per se but you're constantly getting cool new things and the multiplayer makes such a brings such a great dynamic to it it doesn't you know i don't think the story is going to blow you away i don't you know it it kind of has some of that writing you know brown world butt kicking you know like it feels like a ps3 game almost yeah things you'd expect but but, i was about to say that (laughs) yeah but danny tell tell us about your experiences with the outriders demo Look, I, I see the potential. I'm glad that they released this. The, I don't even call this a demo because it's actually the, the full game. It's the game, um, but whatever you do in the game, it will save. And then once the retail version comes out, you can still continue with, 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 your, with that, with your character and everything, right? The issue that I do have with the game is some of the voice acting is not that great. Um, that's one. Number two. Stop being a dummy. dummy. <laughs> the cover. The cover need some need some work and also um i don't know about you guys but when when you're playing and it and it cut it goes straight to the cutscene, it shows like a fade in fade out it reminds me of like the old old school games right and it in a way it kind of like killed the experience for me mm. if there's a way uh because I, I think i got spoiled now with all these games that if they if, if it goes straight to a cutscene, it's like super fast right that sometimes you even notice as a cutscene, <laughs> but this one is like so obvious, and like I'm excited, and then it's like slow me down, and then I have to go back and start again. You know, like I don't know that part. I'm kind of like eh, about it, but and also the last question I do have: What happened to Endgame? Is there going to be a lot of stuff to do after you finish the campaign? A- am I going to go back or what? You know, but I see the potential with this big time. So yeah, they talked about having in-game content, but as far as I know, and from that event as well, they haven't outlined what it is but they clearly want to have that kind of engaged replaying of of scenarios i'm playing on pc and they said that they're going to address this but on pc you know i'm I'm screaming along at like over 120 frames per second like it's running great and then the cutscenes hit and it's 30 and it feels like someone's putting the brake jamming on the brakes on a bus like you started to get like approaching motion sickness from that just like hard shift of, of frame rate. They say that's not going to be the case in the finished release. Um, I didn't notice the fade in fade out maybe because that was happening. Um, but yeah, I, I see the potential and I'm super excited for it. I do think 
the longevity is going to depend on on what that what that in game content is though. Yeah, the the only game that put it off that had the best end game content in my opinion when they launched was Division Two. It's a beast and of a it, game. It, it's really hard to to beat that man. They had so much content in there, man. So much, you know. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I, I'll give them a chance. Well, speaking of games that uh, keep adding a lot of content and and filling up hard drives the world over, making hard drives weep. My friend Danny, what has been on your playlist this week? Uh, Call of Duty Outbreak, the zombies mode, man. It's it's something. Look, I'm a huge zombies fan. Huge, huge zombie fan. Rob Zombie. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rob Zombie too, right? <laughs> uh, so for those that don't know, Outbreak, it's a totally new zombie experience for Call of Duty. It's Think of it as like Warzone, but with zombies, right? Uh, typically, when when you play the older zombie games, there's like uh, Easter eggs, there's like a story. Um, this one doesn't have that yet. Um, I've been reading that um, they're planning to add that on season three, uh, but right now I, I feel like I'm having a blast with with uh, with my crew. I've been playing this with with Rihanna, uh, with a couple of friends too, Andrea, Renee from and Khalif Adams. I've been playing with them too, and we we're hooked. We're completely hooked, man. So I, I really want people to try this out because I, I feel like this is a totally brand new game for for the zombies uh, outbreak. People definitely got to try it out. It's it's super awesome. I know Blessing played with us, uh, but it was like for what what the the regular zombies. Have you tried Outbreak at all? Blessing? No, I'm not. Oh, no. I'm not tried uh, Outbreak. <sighs> I'm not. I'm usually not a big zombies person, but we had such a fun time this last time that it sounds yeah. interesting. No, this this one it's it's a totally different experience, and and there's so much to do in there. So let's say you go to the first first world, super big. There's like the main objective is there, and there's like side stuff that you could do, right? So what we do is we do a lot of uh, trials because we want to upgrade and we want to like level up our 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 weapons, our armor before we go to the next stage, right? And then once we're we're like confident, okay, let, let's go to the main objective. <laughs> we'll go finish it. And then we'll go back, upgrade our, our our weapons and everything, and then we go to a warp, and we'll go to another world, which is also big. So right now there's like three huge levels in this game, um, but they're planning to uh, Treyarch is planning to add so much content from now in the future. But the Easter eggs is the one that I'm super curious, like how they're gonna put it off because there's so many puzzles. It's kind of like a like a, like if you're playing a Destiny Two raid, you need to work together, solve the puzzles and everything, man. So it's it's a lot of fun. Outbreak is a must must play in my opinion, man. Well, I mean, yeah, if you need yeah. to work together, I mean, I, I we mentioned I've seen Blessing play uh, Super Mario 3D World, and I, I just see him throwing people off cliffs. So I, I think well, listen, Danny, I was the might... one getting thrown. I was the one getting <laughs> thrown. <just> to be <laughs> clear. <laughs> No, um, but you know what? We should try it out. Like whenever, whenever you guys are free, if you have the game, let, let, I really want you to try it out, man. It's it's, it's an awesome mold. Awesome so I want to I want to zoom out a little bit for folks that don't know because I think as as pure as Call of Duty is in so many ways. I mean, left trigger, right trigger. Everybody knows Call of Duty. Dare I say? Mm-hmm. But I feel like now there is a little bit of a brand identity crisis for the franchise. And don't get me wrong, they are firing on all cylinders. They're raking in all the money. The Call of Duty has never been hotter, but it, it it is kind of disparate packages still. There's Call of Duty Mobile, which has zombies, but it's more of that discrete kind of standard zombie mode. There's the zombie mode people have been playing for years uh, that is with a $60 purchase of a game. 
There's Warzone, which I think came out first with the newest Modern Warfare, but is free and can be standalone. And then I was really excited for this new Outbreak mode, but I don't know where it is. Like, wh- if someone it, if someone wants this game, mm-hmm. how do they get it? How much is it? Where can they get it? It's the main uh, the main game. Black Ops Cold War is there. So. In the forget about Warzone, that's like a separate separate thing. So when you play the retail version of, of Call of Duty that just came out last year, in there is multiplayer, campaign, and also uh, zombies, right? And you try it out; it, it's, it's already there. Outbreak. I thought it was going to be like a regular regular zombie mode with a smaller stage, brand new. But this is like to me, it's like next level zombies completely open world is again it's like war it's like war zone think of it like that but instead of 50 players or, or more it's just four players with a bunch of zombies all over the place man so there there's chests to, to, that's all over the place there's crystals that you could collect to which is going to help you to upgrade um your your power your, your perks your ammo everything so yeah i i think i i think this is this something new that i, I think is going to take zombies to like the next next level now from from now on yeah it's there it's it's still their pve horde mode style game but i'm curious danny if you think that this will be broken out something like warzone that becomes standalone because it does seem like this mode now is so much bigger than what it was because like right now it's the current mainline call of duty game that it's bundled with and it's probably gone on sale a whole bunch Mm -hmm. but it is a year old now and there's a new a new Call of Duty, you know, well, who knows? It's delays are a very real thing. But like Call of Duty is kind of clockwork. So there's a new Call of Duty coming this holiday season. Is this something that you think survives outside of that, the way Warzone has survived outside of its initial release? Or do you think this I, is still be packaged? So. I hope so. I mean, look, one thing is I love, look, if I buy a game, $60 game, I want the game to have a lot of content if it's possible, you know? Um, for sixty dollars, you're getting a you're getting a lot for Call of Duty, right? If if they're planning to release this as a separate thing, I think that's a that's a plus too because honestly, that I play more zombies than any other thing from Call of Duty. I don't play multiplayer at all. I only play this, so I would like to see a separate thing too, if, if it's possible. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll definitely will buy it, support it, go all the way with this man because I I really truly truly love this. Like I bought season pass just for this. Like I don't play anything else from the call of duty yeah. blessing what would it take to pull you into this into this world there's so many games like this now competing for our attention um apex's new season uh, valorant uh which is still pc only but their new character reveal that was today yeah today sunday as we're recording this Fortnite. At this point, I think we've all been characters in Fortnite too. We just don't know it yet. Like you name it, oh, it's been a, it's been a character in Fortnite. And Call of Duty's not not slowing down. Do you? Is there something there that's gonna that's gonna bring you in and make this kind of your 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 main game? Main probably not. Like I back in the day, I used to love Call of Duty Black Ops and Black Ops Two. Like those were my jam. And you know, as as we've gotten more and more different types of first person shooters and competitive shooters in general, right now my main jam changes from being Apex to Overwatch and back and forth, and sometimes Fortnite enters the mix. And then Call of, Call of Duty is one that 
lately I've not had that same itch for. And I think part of it is for Battle Royale, I I there's something about Apex that just that just attra- attracts me way more. And I think I think it is the um locomotion and the climbing and the movement that that is very good and the flow of the match in Apex I think just speaks to me way more. Powers go yeah. a big way for me at least. I love oh, yeah. I love me some powers. The abilities are so good in Apex Legends, whereas Warzone um war like warzone is so so successful in its own right doing its own thing i know people are very into uh that game and for some reason i don't know what it is i've tried playing warzone so many times i've been trying i've been actually trying to actively get into it because a lot of people in my friend group play warzone and are into it but every time i jump into it i'm like man i don't know what it is like i just i I think i i suck at this game um and i'm not able to find the, the fun in it and i think it's just because i am trying something that's completely different from the games that i've uh been super into even though i think things like the gulag keep people in the game game longer um the the um it's it doesn't feel as punishing as apex a lot lot of the time because apex you can jump in be there for 30 seconds and get knocked out immediately and have to start from scratch i don't know what you're talking about i don't know that at all (laughs) and like you know stuff like that for a call of duty warzone specifically it doesn't necessarily uh attract me and then when it comes to call of duty proper i played a little bit of black ops cold war and uh yeah again like i was just bad that said, like I played Modern Warfare for like a good two weeks, and I got really into the two v two mode. Yeah, in the, that mode, I thought was super fun, and I loved it. But again, that's like one that I played for a few weeks and then bounced out of. I think that's what Call of Duty is just going to continue to be for me because that's kind of where my um, enjoyment lies as somebody who plays video games, right? Like I just you know I gravitate towards your Overwatches and your Apexes more. Um, but like to your conversation about like spitting stuff out and what that can do for Call of Duty, I think that's probably something we're going to see a little bit more and more because it seems like Warzone as its own entity has been so successful doing its own thing. And um, I think that's going to continue to like dominate and be something that's very important to Call of Duty as a standalone thing. And for what Black Ops 4 was when it came out, that game was missing out a campaign. It was mainly uh their their zombies mode and multiplayer and i think development on call of duty is kind of shaking up in a big way where black ops cold war is what we got as the previous call of duty and if the natural um rotation for call of duty panned out the way that it usually did then i think the last game would have been the sledgehammer game instead um if i have that correct in my head i know it's a lot of studios and so it gets confusing but yeah it's a lot of studios (laughs) with with that though i think on their side they're probably experiencing a little bit of all right making a campaign a uh competitive multiplayer and a co-op special uh, spec ops mode or whatever it may be is a lot of work and if we can just put out a call of duty zombies game and that be the call of duty for this year i wonder if that appeals to them in terms of uh what it takes to make what it takes to make that and then uh how focused that is as a thing to sell to people and get them in um and so i i think we'll we might see them experiment with that type of stuff a little bit um but that's a we'll see kind of thing yeah uh danny i'm curious uh how you spend your life in a house divided i mean apex is a big part that's a big part it's a big part of how you're living right now. Oh, there's, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. only so many games that can demand all of your time, and it does seem like Zombies has its hooks in you. Is this like a a new fling? Is this is this the meme of you're walking with Apex, but Zombies walks by, and you're like, ooh, Zombies. Uh, how, yeah. how, are you, how are you picking what you're doing? Uh, 
yeah, there's some days I will love, like, look, and I agree with you, Blessing Man. I, something about Warzone, it's just not for me. And I tried my best to play that game multiple times. It's not, for, but a game like Apex Legends, to me, that's my favorite Battle Royale game right now out there. And I'm excited to play the Nintendo Switch version, which it comes out, I think, March 9th. So yeah, I want right. to try that out. And it's also cross-play. So there's some days I just want to play Apex. And there's some days like, hey, I just want to, let's get together, co-op, and then uh, attack some zombies. But one thing I forgot to mention is there's boss battles here, too, in, in zombies. So hmm. if you reach to, like, round 30, 31, there's this boss in Firebase. I think that's the name of the of one of the levels there that came out a couple of weeks ago. The boss is so huge. It takes like the whole the whole screen. Like it's a huge, huge, huge. So you have to get all all your team to attack the boss. And there's zombies coming out to you too. So there's different type of zombies too in the game. And I, I know one person in your chat asked if can you survive? How do you win? One thing that you could do is you could reach a certain uh, round and and everybody decide like, hey, you know what? Let's call the the chopper so they could pick us up and we'll leave. You could do that, but you need to kill a certain amount of zombies in order for you to escape uh, in a certain area. So it gets really, really challenging. Uh, it's, I love it. It's very, it's very addicting, man. So yeah, like you said, you asked me about like, I'm out, if I'll go play Apex or I'll play uh, um, Black Ops uh, Cold War. It depends on the mood, man. Some days I'm into that or there's some days I just want to play like an RPG and just play single player, you know? So it all depends. And meanwhile, Tetris Effect is just like, Danny, <laughs> I still play Tetris it's, Effect still. It's so good. It's yeah, so it's good. Like, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. I've been mostly doing out the Outriders uh, demo as well this week's new stuff. I talked about that. I love it. I'm excited for that game. I'm in. I'm I'm in. I, I think it controls well. I like the shooty shoot. I love I love powers. Um, and and my goodness, that's gonna do it. That's gonna do it for this week's episode. We do have our parting gifts um, coming up. But before we get there, um, thank you so much to Blessing Adieyo. Adioye. I did it again. Adioye. I want to yay in the middle. Adioye. <laughs> Blessing Adioye. And Danny Pena for joining me on this Jeffless episode of DLC. Danny, where can people uh, see and hear everything you're doing online? Yeah, you can find me on any podcast app. Just search for Gamertag Radio. Um, and yeah, you can find me also on Twitter. I'm very active over there. Godfrey, G-O-D-F-R-E-E. Very cool. And again, congratulations on the birthday and um, all the awesome things you guys have done and are doing in the future. I've seen some of your teases that you're talking about publicly, and it sounds like you, you're not stopping. You got a lot of great content coming out in the future as well, which is very I got I, I got some cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I can't Plus, wait. <laughs> you working people see and hear everything that you are doing on the internet yeah uh, i make content over on youtube.com slash kind of funny games do kind of funny games daily which is our video game news show and we're also we also have ps love you which is our playstation podcast uh this year we launched a new show called the blessing show which is my show where in under 10 minutes i break down uh what i break down what's up in the hottest topics in video games and so i have a video about uh, Star Wars, what the future of Star Wars games are, and I have another video uh, that's talking about next gen three months later or four months later, actually, but technically it's three months, but who cares? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that video is also up on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. If you want to follow me on Twitter or on social media in general, um, on all channels, I am at Blessing Junior. That's at Blessing JR. And congr- a Blessing Show is great. I do. I love the breakdowns. They feel succinct, but not too short. It's not like that 30 second instagram video that's like here's what happened and you're like 
we didn't go from dinosaurs to today. That's not what happened. Like there's contents, mm-hmm. there's substance, there's substance, but they don't overstay their welcome. They're, Thank you they're, so much. they're really great. They're really great. I, I'm, um, a hu- hey, I'm a huge fan of your show, Blessing. Like, I, and I want to say this because I, I, I mentioned this to Paris too multiple times. Blessing is is like the next generation, man, for for our, our industry. So I'm glad that he's also doing his own thing too, like with the Blessing Show, and it's gonna get better and better, man. So I'm a huge fan. Just I appreciate say it. Quick. Yeah. But what Danny meant there, blessing, is that you're hard to find and you're not on store shelves. So like, there's a <laughs> <laughs> there's a real GPU shortage still. So hopefully, yeah. by late 2021, uh, you'll be everywhere and easy to find. But in the meantime, oh yeah, you got to get in queue. And so I appreciate you when when the queue came up for for DLC to get you. I was very excited. We we jumped on it and uh, it was it was worth the time. Um. I am available on Twitter at Spicer, S-P-I-C-E-R. This show, uh, DLC, I usually stream live on my Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer. Typically Sundays at 7.15 p.m. Pacific time. I have a new newsletter, which you can find at tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. They've been great. I love all the replies I've been getting. It's It's been fantastic. And I thought I'd have something else that I could say right now, but I I can't, I can't. I think when March, when we officially click, this will be out in March. Oh man, it was close. But I have something very, very freaking cool this month. Um, and I think that's all I'm allowed to say still right now. But I will talk about it on Twitter, and I will, I will post about it. So um, be on the lookout for that. And you, uh, of course, can join us on our subreddit and on our Discord. Be a part of the community there. Um, you all are great. So thanks for being there, and please keep doing that. And to take it home with our parting gifts it's a parting gift this is the song about parting gifts this is where that would go twitch won't take this down because this is an original song about parting gifts blessing my no danny you're first this time my goodness i forgot my back and forth danny (laughs) do you have a recommendation for our audience for something that is perhaps not a video game that will help get them through their week yes so look i'm a huge hip-hop guy Uh, i grew up with hip-hop in New York City and everything, and also in Miami. There's a documentary coming out on Netflix about Biggie, about Notorious B.I.G. It's called uh, I Got a Story to Tell. It's coming out March 1st. So by the time the podcast comes out, people could go listen to the podcast and, and also check out the documentary. It's going to be available there. I'm excited because I, I grew up listening to Biggie back in the 90s when I was in high school. So it, it's really cool. Can't wait. Can't wait to watch that. Yeah, it looks it looks like it's going to be fantastic. Uh, Blessing, what about you? Do you have a recommendation for our listeners to help get them through their week? Yeah, so I'm I'm addicted to TikTok. Uh, I've been addicted addicted to TikTok for the last year, um, and I'm all I'm on there constantly. There's one TikTok creator I've been following for a while uh, that uh, I I love their content. Their uh, name is Flossie Baby at Flossie Baby on TikTok. Uh, and she just makes very funny content. I'm sure she's like a, a Gen Z, uh, um, because that's, that seems to be kind of her, her humor, but she's just, she, 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 like, she just gets it. Like, she knows how to put together a good piece of content, uh, in TikTok format. And she's become one of my favorite TikTokers because it's, it's very much like a, um, like, I, I don't really know how to describe it because it's, it's TikTok content. You know, if you can picture what TikTok content <laughs> is in your brain, it's that. But it's usually very good comedy in her stuff. And so I very much recommend her at Flossie Baby on TikTok. Very cool. Uh, my recommendation is old, but it's something that I finally got around to watching. And it is Palm Springs. It is on Hulu. And I know people have raved about it. And as we kind of go into award seasons, it, it got uh, some buzz again. 
But my goodness, it is a fantastic film. At this point, you probably already know something about it and the marketing revealed certain aspects about it. But if you don't, I won't be the one that tells you uh, about it, its premise and plot. But it is funny. It's touching. It's a brisk 90 minutes. It gets you in and gets you out. And it's really, really well done. It's called Palm Springs. And it's been available on Hulu. That's the show. Thank you again to Blessing and Danny for hanging out with me. Jeff, feel better, buddy. We miss you. You can talk about VR all you want. And please pick apart all the things I messed up this week. I know I know it's hard to slide into this this, this Jeff Kanata chair. It's, it's, it's difficult. Um, you do a great job every week, and you are missed. And we look forward to having you back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world and make it a better place.